Well, join me in a word of prayer again, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for this glorious morning, this glorious opportunity for us to come together as your people, lift our voices and sing your praises, and acknowledge that we are here today because our Redeemer lives. Father, I pray that you will speak to us now through your word. And I pray, Father God, that your word would change our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, as Pastor Don said, we join with over a billion professing Christians all around the world, as well as those that have gone before us, in celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, who is the Son of God. He humbled himself, came down from heaven to earth, became a human being, and laid down his life to provide forgiveness of sin and eternal life through his substitutionary death on the cross. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection together stand as the most important event in all of human history. And we are very blessed to have multiple eyewitness accounts of this event recorded for us in the Bible, which is the Word of God. And these accounts reveal to us that Jesus' own disciples at first had a difficult time believing that he had risen from the dead. Even though he had told them in advance that that is exactly what they could expect. He told them that he would be killed and on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But they had a difficult time believing it. That is, until he appeared to them. And they saw him with their own eyes heard him with their own ears, touched them, him with their own hands. We should be able to relate with them because we too did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God, until God gave us the spiritual eyes to see him and the spiritual ears to hear him calling out to us. God had to raise us out of our spiritual death, cause us to be born again before we could put our faith and trust in Jesus. So we need to give a little grace to his disciples. Especially when you realize that what happened to Jesus had never happened before and has never happened since. He lives as the only human being to be raised from the dead in a glorified human body. Believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus sets Christianity apart from every other religion in the world. And there are hundreds of other religions. But only Christianity is based on the death burial, and resurrection of the Son of God, who is its founder. Today, we will hear some of those eyewitness reports from that first Easter morning 
that Jesus is risen. Then in our text, we will look at the moment that his disciples agreed he is risen indeed. So if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word this morning. I'm going to start by reading Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. This sets the stage for our text. May God bless the reading of his word to us. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. May God bless his word to us. You may be seated. All four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, contain eyewitness accounts of those who saw the empty tomb, some who saw and heard from angels, and some who saw and heard from Jesus himself. That first Easter morning, multiple eyewitnesses. And in every case, they went to the disciples of Jesus to report that Jesus is risen. But the disciples could not believe them. How could that be? They must simply be hallucinating. Or perhaps saw some kind of vision. After all, they had seen Jesus arrested beaten, scourged, forced to carry his cross, stripped naked and nailed to that cross, and crucified. They'd seen the Roman soldier plunge the spear into his side. They had seen his dead body taken down from that cross and laid in the tomb, and they had seen that tomb sealed with that large stone. They all knew that he had died just as he said he would. And after all, now he'd been in the tomb for parts of three days. It was impossible for him to be alive again. How could they believe that Jesus is risen? Luke goes on in the very next passage to tell us that Jesus appeared to two of his followers who were leaving Jerusalem dejected at the death of the one they thought was their Messiah. Now God prevented them from recognizing Jesus as they walked together towards the town of Emmaus. 
And as Jesus revealed to them the truth from Scripture, that the Messiah had to suffer these things, the Messiah had to fulfill the requirements of a sacrifice for sin. Then, after reaching the town of Emmaus, and sitting at a table, and breaking bread, their eyes were opened, and they realized it was Jesus in his glorified human body. And then he vanished from their sight. And they proclaimed, Jesus is risen. What did they do? They got up and they hurried back to Jerusalem to tell his disciples that Jesus is risen. And that's the setting for our text. These two men were in the upper room in Jerusalem telling the disciples, Jesus is risen. Look at verse 36 with me. Luke 24, 36. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Shalom. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, He said to them, have you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. Suddenly as they're talking to these two men who'd met Jesus on the road to Emmaus, and again, I'm adding a little bit to the text here, but they're probably saying to these two men, oh, You know, other people have said they saw Jesus, you know. You guys are just emotional. You know, I don't know what you saw, but it couldn't have been Jesus. At that moment, Jesus himself appears. And John tells us in his account that the doors of the building were locked due to the disciples' fear that the Jewish leaders would be coming for them next. They had been hiding in fear since the death of Jesus. Now suddenly, he appears among them in his glorified body. And their eyes behold their risen Savior. And they exclaim, he is risen indeed. Perhaps they didn't exclaim that, but that's what they were feeling at that moment. Now Luke adds that they were startled and frightened, as we can understand And that is why Jesus greets them, shalom, peace to you. In other words, do not be afraid. And we know that the sound of his voice would have been further proof that this was indeed their beloved rabbi and Messiah. Jesus also reveals here that he knows their thoughts. When he says to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Should they have had doubts? Should they have trusted in what Jesus had told them? 
Well, yes, in a perfect world. But doubt is a part of our fallen human condition, isn't it? So Jesus graciously and mercifully shows them the proof. He shows them his hands and his feet. The now glorified scars of his death by crucifixion. Saying to them, see my hands and my feet? It is I myself. This last phrase is emphatic. If we were to say it ourselves, we would say, look, it is me. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Now, in this case, it was glorified flesh and bones. But nevertheless, he was in a human body, a glorified human body. Jesus wants them and he wants us to know that this was not just a spirit appearing. It was not simply a vision. It was the physical presence of Jesus, their Savior, standing in their midst in his glorified resurrection body. He had traded in his mortal flesh, his earth suit, for a new and much improved model, an eternal body in which he would soon ascend back into heaven and remain there until he comes again in glory. Look at the reaction of his disciples in verse 41. Luke writes, And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling. (laughs) The word marveling here means wonder and amazement. You think they were amazed? You believe it. They were experiencing the most extraordinary thing that has ever happened. They're touching the glorified and now immortal body of Jesus. It seemed to them too good to be true, which is why they could hardly believe it. Thus the expression, they still disbelieved for joy. This is like our expression, I can't believe it. I can't believe I passed the test. I can't believe I got that job. I can't believe they won the game. I can't believe she married me. My sweetheart. The news was so good, it was hard to believe. But believe it, they did. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Then Jesus provided even more proof for them by saying, Hey, you got any food? Well, I got some leftover fish. Well, I haven't eaten in three days, so I mean, I'll take it. I mean, he took the food and he ate it in front of them. Again, demonstrating this was no dream this was no vision this was the resurrected son of god remember that just a few hours before 
many of these disciples had refused to believe even the eyewitness testimony of their dear friends. But now they had seen Jesus with their own eyes, heard him with their own ears, and touched them with their own hands. Is it any wonder that not one of them would ever deny the resurrection of Jesus even when tortured unto death? Not one ever recanted because they had seen Jesus and they were forever changed as a result. Just as the apostle Paul would be. Saul of Tarsus went to destroy Christians in Damascus. But he saw the risen Jesus and it changed his life forever. What about you? Have you had a life-changing encounter with Jesus? Have you been given the saving faith to believe and trust in Jesus even though you have not seen him? Remember, Jesus told Thomas the night before he went to the cross, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. That describes most of us in this room, doesn't it? We have not yet seen Jesus with our physical eyes, but God has given us faith to believe. And we are blessed as a result. Do you want to be blessed in this life as well as in the eternity that awaits us? Then you need to believe in Jesus Christ and believe in what he accomplished for all of those who believe in him. So there are results from the resurrection. Because in his substitutionary death upon the cross, Jesus took upon himself the penalty for our sin and our disbelief. And in his resurrection, he showed that he had conquered sin and death and secured our future resurrection into glory. Christ died for sinners. Make no mistake. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. We read these words. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. We're all sinners in the eyes of God. Every one of us, every man, woman, boy, girl, the children in the back, the children in the front, we were born sinners, every one of us, and we know it. 
That's not my opinion. That's God's. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what he tells us. And the penalty for sin is death. That's why there's death. It's the penalty for sin. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He hung on that cross for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He endured the wrath of God that was due for our sins, for us, for all who believe in him, for all who trust in him. He saves us from the wrath of God. And we are reconciled to God by the death of his son. So Jesus died in our place. The sinless God suffered and died to pay the full penalty for our sin. And once that penalty was paid, death could not hold him. And he rose from the dead to show that it is finished. The work of redemption, the work of providing eternal life for all who believe in Jesus was finished. It was completed. And then Christ arose for saints, for believers. Because by rising from the dead in a glorified human body, Jesus showed that all who believe in him will one day rise again like him. He showed us that he had conquered sin and death for us. That our souls are indeed eternal And that one day we too will receive an eternal glorified body just as he did. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. This is exactly what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You can turn in your Bibles to there if you would like. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to us. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 to 23. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. All of us who have believed in Christ and trusted in him for our salvation shall one day share in his resurrection, including receiving our own glorified, eternal resurrection bodies. Hallelujah. I can't wait. So death, which every one of us face, physical death, is not the end for those who have trusted in Christ. Instead, death will be a blessing as we are freed from our struggle with sin in our mortal bodies and we transition into the eternal life and one day into our immortal glorified bodies. Look at verse 50. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. I tell you this, brothers and sisters, 
Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. These mortal bodies, what I earlier called our earth suits, they're suited for this environment. They are not suited for the new heavens and the new earth, the eternity that awaits us. For that, we need a glorified body. The mortal cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The perishable cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Our soul is imperishable, and our new glorified bodies will be as well. Verse 53, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And he goes on to write this, the sting of death is sin, the power of sin is the law, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen? These are magnificent promises that God has given to us. Our God has provided salvation and eternal life for all who will believe and trust in His Son. And the resurrection of Jesus is a reality. It resulted in the transformation of his disciples from those who doubted to those who fervently believed and would then do everything within their power to live to please and glorify him. It transformed them. They were never the same. And his resurrection should have the same result in us today. We know that Jesus Our Redeemer rose from the dead, ascended back into heaven, and is seated on His glorious throne, ruling over us as our Lord and interceding for us as our High Priest. We know that He has saved us by His grace, and He has given us His Spirit so that we might fervently believe, and so that we might do everything within our power to live, to please, and glorify Him. We also know that once we have trusted in Christ for our salvation, we have no need to fear death or the judgment of God that is coming for all those who refuse to believe in Jesus. We know that after death, our soul will be with Him, and we will see Him as He is. And one day, we too will receive our own eternal glorified body that He will prepare for all who love Him. Hallelujah. What a Savior. These are just some of the reasons why we celebrate 
the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your love and grace towards us. That love that caused you to take our place upon that cross. As you gave your life as a ransom for us. You became sin for us and paid that penalty that was due to us. So that we might become alive in you. And be credited with your righteousness. And be given eternal life in you. Then when your work of redemption was complete, you rose from the dead and you appeared to over 500 of your disciples. Leaving this world ample eyewitness testimony that Christ is risen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for this opportunity for us to gather together as your church, as your family, and hear you speak to us from your holy word and respond to you in singing and in prayer. Lord, I pray that all of us would be drawn closer to you by the work of your spirit among us. I especially pray for all of our visitors that are here with us today. Father, draw them into your church, into your family. If they are not already, cause them to be born again and pour out your love and grace upon them and upon all of your beloved people. Bless us this day, O Lord, as we live to bless and glorify you. Continue to open our minds to understand the scriptures. And empower us to go forth as your disciples, as your witnesses. Proclaiming that you are the source of forgiveness and eternal life. Proclaiming that you are the way. And it is in your matchless name that we pray. Amen and amen.